Hello, church family. Uh, today we are uh, going to do our first applicational point with Nehemiah chapter 7. Uh, if you remember, uh, this week, uh, just to kind of reiterate our proposition and food for thought uh, for us this week, uh, we're going to talk about how we have desire for ministries. How do you know, how do you, how do you get into ministry? How do you do ministry? Um, and knowing that, well, you know, what to, what to do in the context of church and even in this pandemic, what type of ministry are you able to do? Like, is this what I want to do? Is this type of ministry? We're all called to serve, but how do we know if the desires that we have is from the Lord? Well, uh, the first thing that we need to understand is that God is the one that gives that desire. Right? God is the one who gives the desire. In chapter 7, Nehemiah does a census, and the reason why he does a census, or this genealogy, this list, this, this record, is because it says that God put it into his heart. And the reason why that's, that God put it into his heart is so that uh, the people on this list can know definitively who belongs there, who are supposed to be the priests, who are supposed to um, just be part of uh, the, the nation. Um, and so this allows... Um, record of God's faithfulness by bringing back all these individuals. Again, it's not supposed to be uh, a way to puff up Nehemiah. It's not supposed to uh, flaunt his own ability, but again, it's to, it's to showcase the, the, the might and the faithfulness of our Lord. So that God gives a desire. Now, the problem is for us that, okay, we know that that God gives desire, but what if I have conflicting desires? Uh, what if I have desire for one thing that are contradictory to another thing, or have desires that are multiple choice that see, all seems good? Um, a few days ago, uh, my daughter was, and I were wrestling together, and she patted my belly and said, chubby belly, and she started giggling, and I said, is that, why is that so funny? It's like, chubby, and she just uh, pats it, and then now I have this conflicting desire. I, do I lose weight out of fear of man of my daughter? Uh, or should I eat that donut because food is good for the stomach? Uh, do I um, discipline my body uh, to submission so I have control of it? But at the same time, the New Testament says that bodily discipline is of little value. So why work out? I have conflicting desires. And I'm sure some of you understand that. Which school do I go to? There's five schools that are good. Um, all of them help with my major. All of them have churches that I can serve at. Uh, which, which school should I go to? Um, who should I date? Uh, I like this girl or I like this guy. Um, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do if, you know, in order to pursue this person. Or, you know, if you're parents, same thing. If you're like, okay, I want to do public school, private school, or homeschool. Uh, all three options seem okay. Uh, all, all of them have their pros and cons. Uh, how do I decide uh, which one it is is pleasing, is most pleasing to the Lord. And again, in the same context ministry, should I do this ministry or that ministry? Two ministries, that seems good, but I only have a certain amount of abilities and limited amount of time. How do I know which of them is desired that's from the Lord? Now here's just the sad reality, is that everything we want can be twisted for, and it can be against the Lord. Every desire that we have, if it's not centered around the glory of God, can be turned against the Lord. So even all things I've listed, if it's only focused on the flesh, focus on your own uh, pleasures and desires, um, and focus on just you know your own um, enjoyment of life. Again, these things are not bad because that should be secondary. But if your primary is the uh, for the glory of God, for the for the for the Lord to be made known, um, these things are good. If, if basically if your life is aligned, if your desire is aligned with that of Scripture, that's how you know that it's pleasing the Lord. 
I've said this, and I think in a Sunday school or some context, but how do we know God's will for a life? And um, and then uh, I, I've got this list from uh, John MacArthur's sermon. In fact, it was actually the very first John MacArthur sermon that I've heard. And I think I've even said this in the last um, one of the podcasts before about knowing God's will. Uh, so it's it, I'm just going to go over it, but then I'm going to just highlight a few of them. Um, some of you know, like, how do you know God's will for your life? First, you have to be saved. It makes sense because if you want to know God's will, you got to be in God's team. So first, you have to be saved. Uh, second, you have to be sanctified. First Thessalonians 4 tells that uh, is God's will for us to be sexually pure, to be sanctified, uh, we're to be distinct from the world, we're to fight sin. Um, that's God's will for us, uh, that he wants us to be uh, growing in Christ-likeness and that whatever we do, uh, it should cause us to mature in faithfulness to the Lord. Third, suffering. First Peter uh, talks a lot about suffering, and, and part of God's will in our life is to suffer. Suffer for not for stupid things that we do, but suffer for faithfulness. Um, if you're willing to suffer for the name of the Lord, uh, and, and and you're willing to endure the, the trying times, yeah, that could that is part of God's will. Part of God's will is that you, li- all of us, living in a fallen world, would have to suffer for our faith. Third, fourth, uh, saying thanks that we're always praising the Lord in whatever we do. Um, and whatever the Lord's given us, whether good or bad, we praise the Lord. The whole book of Psalms has a whole bunch of Psalms in it that talk about praising God for all that He is and His attributes. Um, that's what we're called to do as Christians. We're, we're always saying thanks to God. Five, submission. This is things like Romans 13, Ephesians 5, Colossians 2, uh, and uh, the 2 and 3, uh, depending on where you're at, or Ephesians 5 and 6, and then Colossians 2. Um, Depending on the context of your life, if you're a parent, or uh, if you're a single person, you have to submit to authority. If you're a child, you submit to your parents. If you're a wife, you submit to your husband. Um, ultimately, all of the submission aspect is of the Lord. Uh, we submit on uh, thing. We submit to all of these institutions because we submit to the Lord. And um, when we submit to the Lord, that's pleasing and honoring to the Lord. And and how we honor the Lord in our submission is how we submit to whatever the Scripture has revealed to us. So that's like the things I mentioned: family, life, or work. There are uh, elements of submission. Even elders, are you submissive to your elders? All these things are are, are pleasing to the Lord. Um, as I already mentioned, uh, saying thanks. So the next one is uh, spirit filled. Um, we're called to be filled with the Spirit. That's Ephesians chapter uh, five about being filled with the Spirit, uh, not and be sober minded, not be filled with wine. And that means that your life and the things you think about are going to be things that are um, are aligned with the God's will. Um, when, we, when we fill our hearts and mind with God's word, uh, he moves us. This is Proverbs 1, uh, verse 7. Uh, and as we do these things, as, as we're thinking about uh, who God is and, 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 being, and, and meditate on Scripture and being and controlled by the Spirit in our, in our temperament and our thoughts, that's pleasing to the Lord. Eight, sharing the gospel, uh, evangelism, Matthew 28, we're called to uh, make nation, to make disciples of all nations. Uh, Paul speaks about the same thing in Ephesians 6, as well as the end of Colossians, where he's praying for opportunities for gospel, uh, for, for, to be able to share the gospel with others. Um, that's what we need to be as well. As we're praying through life, uh, uh, as we go about our life, we should always have people in our mind that we're thinking about uh, to win uh, them over to the Lord. Nine, seek counsel. Uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two in regards to just war and circumstances. Like you want to have a multitude of counsels and trying to think through these things, so that you can, you know, uh, fact check from scripture as well as just even having other people uh, check help you think through it from your heart um, position. 
What are you thinking about? Uh, why do you want to do these things? Have, have godly people in your life that can help bounce ideas off of so that you can know uh, what is pleasing to the Lord. So just running down, uh, how do you know God's will? First, you have to be saved, sanctified, suffering, saying thanks, submission, spirit-filled, sharing the gospel, seek counsel. And as you do all of these things, the last thing is really do whatever you want. Uh, because if you're doing all of not uh, all eight of the ones before, then naturally your heart is going to be towards honoring the Lord. You can't do all nine, all these, all eight of these things before and not be pleasing the Lord because you know you're sanctified, you're growing in Christ likeness, you're saying thanks, and you're submissive, uh, you're, you're spirit filled, you're willing to share the gospel, you're looking for counsel from those around you, you're uh, you're saying thanks, you're suffering for the name of Christ. These are all the things that are that is expected of a Christian. And in the end, once you understand those things, you also understand then that uh, you, as you exercise these biblical principles, wherever you, whatever you decide, you trust that the, it's gonna be for your good and for God's glory. And even if the outcome is bad, let's say you, you choose a spouse and the, and, the, and the marriage is difficult, well, you, can, you still have to endure it. You know that even that difficulty was part of God's plan for you to be sanctified. Uh, if you choose a certain school and then that school is hard, um, you realize that the that the program is terrible and the church there uh, may not be like what you expect. You are still called uh, to serve the Lord in that in those capacities and, and to be a good student in in those in that in that university. Um, you but again because you're moving this move being controlled by spirit now in the future you will also be controlled by spirit. So there's in a lot of ways for Christians we don't believe in mistakes. We believe in God's providential will and how he uses us and our desires to ultimately fulfill his glory. When I first went to college, I had no idea that I was going to go into seminary. I had no clue at the time when I first went down to L.A. I just was just a young kid that just wanted to uh, enjoy life and enjoy the college life and be free from home and all of that. But it was just through the, those dumb decisions that the Lord um, used it ultimately to draw me to uh, you know, the, the Bible study leaders that I have, the elders that I have, that shepherded my life to go into the life of ministry. You know, I, I would not have thought that the first decision, but I can see even in my immature decisions back then, the Lord will still use it for his glory. And it will be so much more so if you use um, you know, more guided and more mature approach to decision making, then God will use those things even, even more so. So if you, as you're exercising these biblical principles, then you'll enjoy the life that you're given. And I think if you look back again into Nehemiah, Chapter seven. That's exactly what Nehemiah was doing. He was faithfully serving the Lord. He he did everything that he that was pleasing to him. He trusted the outcome of the, of the Lord. He uh, did not um, uh, budge when there was persecution. He was strong in in his approach uh, to leadership and, and confronting sin and combating the op opposition. He did all of those things, and he just did whatever the Lord wanted. And that what he wanted was what God wanted as well. And that's what goes back to that verse. Five was that then my Lord put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the people to be enrolled by genealogies. Then I found the book of genealogies of those who came up first, in which I found the following record. So as he is as he was faithful to the Lord, the Lord gave him that those desires to be able to go and be able to make this list and this ministry to, to be able to assemble the team, the, not the team, but all the nation of Israel to make sure that they come back and they know he knows definitively who truly is of Israel of Israelite descendants and who are just faking it and that was, and that's all that's necessary to be able to rebuild this population 
So that's the first point that God gives us the desire to be able to serve him. And again, look at your life. What are areas that you are unsure and uncertain of? Look at this list again. Um, I, re I repeat it. Saved, sanctified, suffering, saying thanks, submission, spirit-filled, sharing the gospel, seek counsel. If you look at, if you do all those things well and you're doing it, ple and, your li and your life is, and your thoughts are aligned with scripture, then you can really do whatever you want. That's the joy of being, living under the sovereign hand of God, that as long as we are pleasing to him, we can say with a clear conscience, we did all that we can, even the outcomes, whether good or bad, we thank the Lord for it because we know that this is part of God's sovereign plan. And again, that's the same thing with ministry. When you think about ministry, look at this list, see uh, how you can most glorify God, and then go and go for it. Serve the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength. Thanks for listening. Uh, tomorrow we're going to look at how God uses our desire. So first today, he, God gives us a desire, and then the second, and for tomorrow, He uses our desires. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Thank you.